Hey, troll room. No agenda stream. We're live. Yes. J- is JC Jr. In the, in the troll room to ask if it's live? I'm Darren O'Neill. And, and who are you again? I'm hearing voices in my head and they don't sound like the normal ones. It is I, John Fletcher. I am not Ryan Bimrose. <laughs> you are happy about that each and every day. <laughs> I'm telling I wake you. up and I'm like, damn, it feels good to not be Ryan Bimrose. I'm still trying to get a trade made. You, you sure I can't trade him to hog story. Well, you know, we gotta, we gotta talk to car Blaine's about that. If she wants to do a grumpy old hog town, <laughs> you know, I mean, everybody should have to do a podcast with Ryan Bemrose at one time or another, because I've listened to a lot of the hog story shows and a lot of the pre hog story and post hog story. And I really, I don't remember you ever saying, Carolyn, you're wrong. I have to stop you. You're wrong. And here's why you're wrong. And, and she needs stop a little right there. Carolyn uh-huh. sounds a lot like bullshit or he would be doing that to me. I got to stop you right there. Fletcher. That's a lot of bullshit coming out of your mouth. You get like three words and he's stopping you again. But no, I mean, no, let me tell you. Oh, okay. And we got a, my favorite thing so far, I think of doing grumpy old Ben's with Ryan Fletcher was his brother donated and said thanks for calming ryan down so i don't know i don't know what he's been like or is like without the microphone in front of him but maybe we haven't even reached full bemrose yet oh maybe yeah if he's calmed down what is he like at full tilt i i don't want to know i don't want to know i kind of want to know i kind of <laughs> do i mean i'm not the one doing a podcast with him but i think the guy's fucking hilarious you know he is he's got the wit and he's always like, well, I, I, I say things very literally. And I'm like, well, I understand that. And that's why it's funny. You know, that's the, that's just the back and forth. And you have to understand how to take them. And I do, because I think the, the thing that makes grumpy old Ben's work is I think we both have a decent amount of knowledge about what we're talking about most of the time. And we're both smart asses. So those yeah. two things together, it just kind of works. And being and, part of the no agenda community, we all kind of have a similar way of thinking about things you know our bullshit meter isn't at zero and it is nice to have that kind of a point of reference that you know you're not going way out on a limb to say things that might otherwise be considered uh, offensive or crazy you know very crackpotish. it's a it's a very understanding audience but as you said these little bits of audio that we're putting out there in uh in a few years, who knows? We may be underground because they'll be coming for us. We'll have to do it all on the shortwave radio frequencies, yeah, because none of us will have the proper licensing licensing or papers. Show me your podcast papers, buddy. <laughs> With that, you know, I'm surprised we're not to that point already, although I don't know how they would enforce it, but you know what with these red flag laws which is something we just did a podcast with Ryan Bemrose on which will be released shortly this this kind of the concept that it's now illegal to have thoughts. I mean, we're getting there. I mean, I understand the red flag stuff is still mainly based upon things people say, but you know, we have the freedom of speech. So it's now, if you even make a comment to somebody like, Hey, I'm going to kill you or I'm whatever it is. And you own guns. You're going to be getting the, we we're, we're with the authorities. We're here to take your firearms. And it's a scary world we're living in. It is. You know, they, uh, like you said, with the, with the red flag laws and how people associate free speech with hate speech and 
I mean, if any of you have ever listened to Hog Story, I say some stupid shit a lot. Uh, and it's all recorded. So it's all going to come <laughs> back to haunt me one day. Well, we see here in episode 27, you said some shit like this, Mr. Fletcher. And you're like, yeah, wasn't that funny? As they're putting the handcuffs yeah. on you and dragging you yeah. out of your house. That that's that's my uh that's that's my out card is all of it, all the the genre of the podcast is comedy. It's not social commentary, it's not news and information, it's comedy. So that's my out. You know, hey, if you listen to my show and you got offended, obviously you don't understand comedy. Well, and this free speech stuff has killed comedy because there was a whole genre. That used to be pretty big that was based upon nothing more most of the time than pushing people's buttons and offending them. And you can't do that anymore without people just going nuts. Well, I think there's still some pushback from that. I've I watched that Dave Chappelle special on Netflix. I watched a couple of Joe Rogan specials on Netflix. And those guys especially are pushing back against the the cancel culture, the the culture of getting offended by every possible thing you can, because people are nitpicking, like looking and trying to find stuff that they're offended about, even though they really have to look sometimes. So they're just actively wanting to be offended. It's not like it just comes out of the blue, like, oh, shit, I wasn't even expecting you to say that. Now I'm really offended and it hurt my feelings. No, they're they're wanting it. They're wanting to get offended. It's like that's like part of a high or something for them. When you think about the stuff that people like Sam Kinison did, uh, that Dice K or not Dice K, that's a pitcher. Uh, Dice did <laughs> back in the day. Um, and I, he's back on tour now with Roseanne Barr. I, or they're going out on tour. I read somewhere, so I don't know if it started yet or not, but that would be, that would be an interesting show to see because I'm thinking maybe the two of them are going to try to push some of those boundaries, but I don't know how you do it anymore in the world that we're dealing with. Uh, Steven Crowder, I know some people like him, some people hate him, all these, you know, I don't go for all of these got you kind of videos but i saw one of his the other day where he was talking to a girl maybe in her mid-20s that was from germany and she's like well you're calling if you call countries shitty you're racist against the people that live there and he's like well no that that's not true you know that that's not necessarily the case if uh you know, you're from Germany. She's yes. He's like, well, I think Germany is a shitty country that has shitty laws, but I don't think you're a shitty person. And she's like, well, what do you mean we have shitty laws? He's like, well, you don't have free speech. He's like, yes, we do. You're lying. And it took her about three mm -hmm. minutes for him to finally pull it out of her. Like, you know, you have hate speech laws, right? That you can't say things that people find, you know, you know, especially in Germany with the Nazi stuff. You know, it's still a very, you know, sore thing. You can't have nazi memorabilia on ebay all these other things you can't you can't even talk about it and hate speech is illegal and it took like three minutes for her to even admit that the fact that you have people living in countries like germany that don't have free speech but are still stupid enough to tell you that yes we have free speech and he's like well can people say this and she's like well no it's like well that's not free speech then what, what's yeah. hard to understand <laughs> That's the beauty of having free speech is, yeah, you have the freedom to to say whatever you want, but you also have the freedom to suffer the consequences of the bullshit that just came out of your mouth because other people are free to tell you that you just fucked up. 
And you either have, well, Sir Bemrose has pointed that out a few times with the freedom of speech. It's like, I don't care what you say. I don't care how offensive it is. There's only one way to have free speech, and that is to not limit it in any way, shape, or form. And it's just a, to me, it's a weird culture when people want speech to be limited because then you run down a whole bunch of other weird aspects like people that have Tourette syndrome. Well, if certain words, are illegal and somebody has a medical condition which i think is hard to prove but you know usually people aren't Mm -hmm. faking it because there's no reason to but if you have tourette's and you're living in a world where certain words are illegal and you can't help but say them what happens to that guy like that old bartender from that movie uh boondock saints where he's just fuck ass and they lock him away poor guy because he's offensive and well, with this racism stuff and how everybody is calling everybody a racist for one stupid thing or another, like what you were saying, where you can't call a shitty country a shitty country because then you're racist. But also, if you like a country and you appropriate their culture and you start eating their food and wearing their headbands or whatever the fuck, you're also racist for showing right. appreciation for a country. So you can't win. It is very odd when that came out with the girl going after the you know the white girl for wearing the dreadlocks like oh that's my culture it's like fuck you no it was the egyptians before even your culture and it's uh yeah and oh you can't wear hoop earrings because you know that's you're you're not you're a latina so you can't wear the hoop earrings if you're not latina even though the sumerians had hoop earrings before everybody else it makes no sense music's a great thing to look at because music is the ultimate arena where people borrow (laughs) because <laughs> saying steel is much too <laughs> much too harsh but they borrow from what other people have done and that's why i thought it was great there was a interview i uh remember if it was a video or just audio with ted nugent with the person asking him questions about politics and all of that and well you've been accused of being a racist and ted's like well no i'm you know i've never been a racist and the guy said you know something like well you've never you know never had racist thoughts or whatnot and he's like well you know what wait you're right i i used to have racist thoughts and the guy just kind of looked at him like hey i think maybe i got him and ted's like (laughs) i used to think that it was only the black guitar players that could make the sound and tone that i wanted i used to think they were the only ones that could do it so he's like yeah i guess i was racist because i thought the blacks were better at playing guitar than anybody else so i guess he was racist against the white guys who weren't playing it as well but you know pushing for that kind of stuff like oh you're racist because like you said Trump with saying there are shithole countries all of a sudden was accused of being a racist, but it's like nobody's asking the questions. Well, are these countries shithole countries? I mean, yeah, maybe they are. I mean, do people do the people that got upset by the shithole country comment? Do they do they go out in into like, say, India? Do they go anywhere other than the nice, fancy hotel resorts or anything like that? Do they actually see what India is like? I bet a lot of that country is a fucking shithole. Well, literally. Well, yeah. When you're defecating outside on train tracks where you just have way too much uh, population and uh, oh, look at what's been going on in California. I mean, get closer to home. Uh, It's going to start happening in more places like Austin. I mean, it happens. Chicago. The reason we don't have as big of a problem is because if you're homeless in Chicago, the winter comes around and that makes you want to go somewhere else because it gets damn cold. I'm rooting for the global cooling, not for that reason, but <laughs> it, that would probably help. 
Um, I mean, Texas, at least where I live, there's not a big homeless population. If I, if there are, I don't see them because it's mostly woods. So they might be just having a homeless camp somewhere out in the woods, but I doubt it. Um, the town I used to live in, there was a large homeless population. They would live uh, down by the creeks and all this stuff. But then one year, uh, we we had a shit ton of rain and it rained every day, all day for two weeks solid. It was like a monsoon. And these creeks completely filled filled up some of them were six seven feet over flood stage and just wiped out all of these homeless camps i mean completely obliterated them and i never heard any news stories if anybody died in them or not but it'd be kind of hard not to considering they were right down in the creek bed so i don't know whatever happened but i I know they're they're not living by the creeks anymore well yeah it's dangerous although you know Barack Obama just bought a house in Martha's Vineyard, and that's going to be like underwater in like three or four months. So I don't know what he's doing. That's what they say. And he bought, yeah, 29 acres along with that nice $15 million house, however much it cost. But politics doesn't pay. No, no. He, he, he had uh, all clearly, that money. Yeah. <laughs> socialism must pay because, I mean, Bernie's got three or four houses. Yeah, I don't And get I've socialism. yet to receive an invitation to come stay there. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, and the people that don't want the wall between Mexico and the United States. And I understand the concept of a wall being that long is very hard to do. It's very hard to be effective. And there's a bunch of arguments that make some sense. But when somebody comes out and says, we're against walls and you go, yeah, like Nancy Pelosi, your big estate. What's that big thing around it? What's it called? <laughs> a fence? Isn't that kind of a wall? I mean. What's it there Those for? I mean, what's the purpose? Yes. They're big electrified hedges because. <laughs> yeah. I personally don't want a wall either, but I, because walls also keep people in. They don't have the wall around the prison to keep all the visitors out. <laughs> well, that's probably true. That is probably and true. And the way, the way the country's going with the militarized police force and everything, I see it more. They're building a wall in preparation for the crackdown like everybody's going to want to leave the economy crashes we're all like fuck this place america's a shithole strangely enough mexico's better than the u.s now so we all want to go to mexico or canada even though the winter would be harsh and then they're like nope fuckers sorry we got a wall now now you can't fucking leave get back to work slave when when the united states goes to that point how long before mexico builds a wall I know they already have the wall down at the Guatemala border. So they're just going to start building their own wall and it's going to be a fucking terrible wall because down in Mexico, you know, they have all the spiky pointy plants and though, so the, all that's going to be mixed in the wall too. You're going to have cactus and yucca and uh, agave all sticking out there, ready to poke you and stab you. That sounds dangerous, but yeah, the walls go both ways. Very true. And you know, I just think, there's there's plenty of resources in Mexico that aren't being utilized because they're wasting all their time and effort fighting the drug cartel, which we have a part in keeping propped up. So they're not even utilizing their their space the way we would. Of course, we'd go in and clear cut the whole fucking thing and then all the environmentalists would be upset. But I just think that U.S. and Mexico could get along better than than we are. And. There are plenty of people in the U.S. that want to go to Mexico and spend time there. And there's plenty of people, obviously, in Mexico that want to come up here. Why not just let it happen? I understand that, yeah, there's a lot of crime that would happen, too. 
but give everybody a gun. <laughs> oh, look, all of you people in the southern states, you get a free gun. We're doing the opposite of taking them away. We're giving them to you. You want some high-powered military arsenal? Here you go. Fight the cartel today. Do your (laughs) part. It makes sense. You know, that's the sad part about it. And really, this I'm sure there have been studies done about the different ways that people think. Because to me, I would rather, if you had between the two choices, you know, either everybody has a gun well, actually, there's no way to do the two absolute choices being either everybody has a gun or nobody has a gun because we live in a world where guns exist and the people who don't follow mm-hmm. the laws exist, as you can yeah. see by what happens in places here like Chicago. So or like the choice- recent shooting yesterday here in Texas. Yeah. Well, that was, you know, again, big news, which is something that. Oh, I don't know when the big cable news frenzy really started like 20 years ago or so, maybe, but 20 years or so ago, that wouldn't have been big news. It would have been something happened in Texas. It doesn't affect anybody's life. That's outside of a few mile area. And it wouldn't have been a nonstop thing going on because let's kind of understand Neil deGrasse Tyson got a lot of crap for pointing out some logical, truthful statistics. And it's something that people don't want to hear. Yes, gun violence is a problem, but let's put it into perspective with uh, one of the things was what more people die from the flu every year in the United (laughs) States than die from being shot. So when you put it into perspective like that, I mean, that it blows my mind. I mean, so many kids, if it's all for the children, because that's what it's always for, for the children, we have to do this. But nobody's talking about distracted driving, which injures and kills way more kids who are texting and driving. But nobody's talking about that. I had to tell some kids that live on my street. So they're they they ride their bikes. They act like kids. They play down by the creek. No big deal. But I was I was driving down the road and uh, they were not getting out of the way. And they saw me coming and it was as if they were daring me like. I dare you to not move over, motherfucker. I'm, you know, they're nine year old, however old they are, on fucking bicycles, staring me down, trying to play fucking a game of chicken. But I'm in a pickup truck. I'm in a 1983 Dodge pickup truck. So I'm going to win. <laughs> and I slowed down and I rolled down my window. I said, Hey, what are y'all doing? Because I see these kids all the time. I, you know, I'm not actually going to run them over. And, uh, It's like, look, y'all got to think about it. You're assuming that people, because I've seen them do this before too, like play chicken with cars. Like I dare you to not move over. I I told him that, look, you're assuming that the person in this car is paying attention to you. I said, next time somebody drives by, look in their window. You will notice they're more than likely looking at their fucking phone, not Uh looking at you, not looking at the road. They're looking at their phone. So you're assuming they're paying attention to you. One day you're going to be proven wrong. And the way you're going to be proven wrong is they're going to fucking hit you and you're on a bike and they're in the car. What do you think is going to happen? These kids are just staring at me like, oh, oh, I was like, I'm not pissed. I'm not pissed at you. Just pay attention. Don't put your trust in a fucking stranger. Like you're just assuming they're paying attention to you and they're probably not. This person could give two shits about you, kid. Just pay attention. And then and if- they move, they move out of my way when I'm driving down the street now. <laughs> well, see, because what they heard was 
If you keep sitting in front of my truck, I'm going to run you down. And if uh, you that's were what in- I thought about saying at first. <laughs> like, you know, at first I thought, what the fuck you think? Like, I'm going to fucking kill you, kid. But then, I, you know, I remembered like, what day and age is this? If, if this was, you know, 1990 or something, I could have gotten away with telling a kid, I'm going to fucking run you over, kid. Get the fuck out of the road, kid. But now you got to be sensitive. You got to appeal to their emotions and their sensibilities. Just think of the children. The children are smart, too, man. The children should vote, too, man. <laughs> well, see, OK, because I was going to ask you, I know you had mentioned that you thought it was a good idea. I mean, either I mean, you said like annex Mexico, but I mean, we could take them over violently with a war, too. So, I mean, we can get Mexico. I, I just meant annex as a the annex is a nice way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> but then do we have to take Canada too? sorry, Carolyn, but when people in Canada want eight year olds to vote, I mean, maybe th- we should take them over, too, because they need some <laughs> they need some American sensibilities. They need some guidance. Yeah, yeah, they need some guidance. So we annex Mexico to, uh, and Canada, North Mexico, like northern, northern Mexico, which is Canada. Uh, we take them over. We They get the benefit of all of our laws, the bullshit laws, too. Um, but our benefit is we get to add more stars to the fucking flag. Mexico has 31 states. Canada has 10 provinces. We go ahead and we make Puerto Rico a state, too. Well, that'll That'll make it. 90 something stars on the flag it'll be great it would be a much bigger badder country we'd have to redesign the flag also so we uh give it an updated look you know new fabric new colors all that crap everybody wins and mexico brings a lot of great traditions they bring a lot of great food and canada brings what maple syrup yeah um moose different ways to wear moose hide um and the way you say about a boot a A boot a boat poutine poutine for everyone i was going to say we didn't have a big enough canadian presence on the stream but i mean carolyn and grimerica i mean that we probably have too many canadians oh yeah (laughs) what are you thinking eh? they're starting to take over We, we better watch this a little more carefully we might be in danger. I'm not sure, eh? I can, well, oh, yeah. really, <laughs> eh? eh? And then bef- before we know it, our president's going to start dressing up at everywhere he goes. Eh? I'm going to get a little blatty. Eh? 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 You hoser? Eh? You hoser? Hey, hoser. Can I get a toque? It's a little cold in here, eh? Yeah, get a toque. Gotta go play some hockey. <laughs> yeah, I like hockey. I mean, it's better than baseball now. There's no question about that, but maybe baseball will come back around. It's like NASCAR. I was into NASCAR right before well for a while before dale earnhardt senior passed away and then the fun kind of died and the fans really started going away but they also made a bunch of rule changes but it's it's interesting to see the rule changes well the rule changes is what killed it for me trying to make i mean they slowed the cars down which yeah is safer but it's not as exciting they the the restrictor plate thing that they made all the cars have all that stuff it trying to make them all run exactly the same which, yeah, that means that the driver, uh, his skill as a driver is really more prominent than, say, the skills of the pit crew. But right. I enjoyed it a hell of a lot more when they were flying fucking around the, that track. And every now and then somebody would uh, hit a bump or something and just take off and then boom, flip end over end. And they'd walk away from it. You know, Dale Earnhardt dying was really just the perfect mix of circumstances in order for him to, to die in that type of crash and then but they 
they reinforced the the neck padding and all of that that the drivers have to wear and there's another restraint for the neck to keep them from you know snapping their neck when they crash right and they have the thing you know the padding or whatever the shock system on the wall so it is a hell of a lot safer and it was it was the earnhardt thing was weird because you'd seen much worse wrecks you'd seen what looked like much more violent crashes in the sport that one kind of looked like oh no big deal and it was like what do you mean he died i mean if this i mean you go right down the conspiracy hole right there it's like well that didn't look like it was bad enough uh and it was a uh it was a big hit to that sport but i do believe you know the rule changes Mm -hmm. even with how they chose a champion because they were the only sport i think where you could have a guy just do really well but never even finish better than 10th in any race for the year and win the championship and people start going well that doesn't seem right we should reward <laughs> well, the winning uh-huh. it's like points are points you know that yeah. system at least seemed fair to me when they when they moved to the playoff system is really where they start losing me which is well the final 10 races are going to be worth more than the first 26 or whatever it was and it's like again logic why are those worth more and you saw back i mean i remember where it was impossible to get tickets in places like bristol and a few other tracks where now it's kind of like talladega uh-huh lots of tickets available and to see a sport like that die baseball's kind of doing the same thing right now they're keep going down down and down as far as the attendance goes and they're another one that's making rule changes every year to a sport that had been around for well way more years than you and i have and was doing okay you can't change yeah. things for like the millennials like oh their attention span we need it we need to speed up the game doesn't work no it doesn't if anything they should make baseball more violent uh make it to where <laughs> you know you can you can get some tag somebody out but fucking hurling the ball at them and hitting them with the ball <laughs> well that used to be now you're out the way it was i mean and i understand i mean this the weird thing is you have sports like uh, american football which is extremely violent and i know they wear protection and all that there's rugby there's a lot of sports where there is a good amount of contact but baseball decided to go the exact opposite way which it all started when buster posey a catcher wearing all sorts of protective gear got run over by a guy wearing nothing and got injured so they decided we have to protect the catchers and i'm thinking you mean the guys with all the protective gear (laughs) need to be protected (laughs) from the guys that don't and that started just a um, a domino effect in baseball to where then you can't take runners you know the runner can't take the the fielder out at second base when sliding in and all of this stuff with pitching inside and getting hit by the pitch and it just it like you said more violent and not even in a it's not even in a funny way like it should be an extremely violent sport but the parts where there was any kind of contact available any kind of danger involved they're trying to take that out of the game which of course like with anything if you take the danger out of it it's no fun if bungee jumping if you yeah. did it, if you really went out and bungee jumped, that's a big different thing than going and sitting in a you know computer simulator that made it feel like you were kind of bungee jumping. You, and one, yeah, you know you're completely safe, and the other one, you know you're not. And which one's more fun? Well, also if you if you get injured bungee jumping, it, you 
it's your own fault because you assume the risk when you go bungee jumping. It's just like a baseball or any other sport. If you get hurt, that's on you because you're the one playing the sport. You un- you should understand the risks associated with playing baseball or football or soccer or whatever. You got kicked in the fucking face while you were playing soccer. <laughs> you knew that going into it that people use their feet to kick that ball around and you just happened to get your ball, I mean your face too close to a ball and you got kicked. Well, that's the problem. But no, we got to protect people. We got to make them wear face masks or whatever the fuck. I'm surprised we're not doing that walking down the street yet, because that is so much of what is seemingly legislated here in the United States. I don't know if it's as bad other places. I bet it probably is, but it's all to try to protect people from either themselves or from somebody else. And it's just it doesn't work. People are people, man. Mandatory, mandatory helmets for kids. How about hey, that? Hey, is that what you're running out for going out of the house? You got to. You got to put a helmet on that kid. You never know what's going to happen. A a stick could fall out of the trees, hit your kid on the head. Boom. Injured. Fucking retarded forever. Nope. (laughs) Make that kid wear a helmet. Can't let that kid go outside. Make him sit inside and listen to Hog Story. (laughs) Sit inside. Make him watch the virtual outside simulator. (laughs) Yes, you can't. You can't actually go outside to play. Give him a tablet watching other kids going outside to play. <laughs> watching little kids in shithole countries play and have fun. Yeah. Where it's dangerous. Where every day it's is dangerous. dangerous. There. You know, it, it is. And that's uh that's a part of life. Like we talked well, about the other what day. Makes, that's what makes life. If life was simple and easy, there'd there'd be no no satisfaction, no reward, you know? Uh you got to have some adversity to appreciate the the good times. So if everybody's just pampered and, and pandered to and everything's all soft and squishy, we got Nerf foam all on the corners of everything. Everybody's fine. Nothing's going to hurt you. Life is going to be boring and bland and people are going to start killing each other to get their frustrations out. <laughs> well, they got to do something. And and a big thanks to Sir Candinavian in the troll room. He ordered one of the No Agenda University sweatshirts. All proceeds going to No Agenda. So if you want one of those, Teespring. Oh, I got to get one of those. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah, you got to get one. Teespring, T-E-E-S-P-R-I-N-G.com slash No Agenda University. Every penny going to No Agenda. So it's a good way you get something to wear and the No Agenda boys get some money. And I mean, it's... I'm, I. I'm taking a little something. The money that's sent to no agenda will be in my name. So help me get to be a sir. Like oh, yeah. Sir Fletcher. And uh, I need to. Oh, get we got to gotta get you a sir. I figured you were there already. No, no. Void always calls oh, well, me I, sir. But no, he's uh, he's he's lying. Uh, oh, well, <laughs> I'll definitely get one of those uh, those sweatshirts. It's a good looking. As soon as I saw that art in the generator, I knew it was going to win. That that happens a lot of the time. Uh, when I'm looking through there and I see your stuff or Mike Riley, you know, you can just spot it right away. You're just like, Oh shit. That's the winner. I don't even know why I submitted anything that's going to win. Well, Riley is actually an artist. (laughs) I mean, that's where the, (laughs) he makes us look bad because he's the guy when it comes to that format to where every bit of the art is created by him or I'm more of a guy that puts stuff together you know, I can create a little bit of this, but it's you're doing it so fast that you're looking, you're grabbing clip art, you're grabbing images from elsewhere and you're putting them together. He's the kind of guy that can take something from scratch like the one 
with the, you know, the Patriots singing, I've got ants, which looked like, you know, the, the, you know, the Patriots marching down oh, the street yeah, yeah, yeah. from a few episodes back. And I was like, okay, that it's, I'm still going to make art, but competing with that is, you know, you're going to lose. And when yeah. I did that sweatshirt, oh, where yeah. they were talking about the, somebody creating their own university. I known that there was certain stuff that was over in the no agenda shop, but there was no agenda university thing, but it was a completely different thing. Nobody had done the basic looking because every, for some reason, that's the design for like every university. That's pretty much yeah. the way those yeah. things look. And I'm like, Oh, well I'll do that for the artwork. And it took me like two days after the episode to go, you know, people might want those. So I decided to put them up on Teespring. I sent an email over to John and Adam and got like an email back from Dvorak within like five minutes, which only said, send me an XL and then the little sticking out the tongue emoji. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, if you want one, I'll send you one. I have no problem with that. So we'll get him. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I didn't know John was with us. I didn't think he woke up until like five minutes before the show. <laughs> okay, you have the Dvorak soundboard. How many Dvorak sounds are there on the Dvorak soundboard? Uh, uh, there's, there's quite a few. Um, what do we got? Pew wee, pew pew wee. Uh, there's also this. I can drill my own damn hole. <laughs> they would have the equipment to drill the hole precisely. Drill the extra hole. I just it like is. him saying, I can drill my own damn hole. I can drill my own damn hole. <laughs> <laughs> I like the, you know, I remember Adam from back in the day on MTV. And, but overall, I had been following Dvorak a little bit more with him being on Twitter, you know, reading the articles and stuff like that. So that's what kind of brought me into to No Agenda. And the, the dynamic between the two of those guys. I think is just fantastic, which I think most people listening will agree because they're listening yeah. to the show. And it really, it my favorite thing is when Dvorak just really wants to start pushing Adam's buttons. And it's like, why are you doing this? Because you can tell if Adam gets a little bit upset about something, the one there was like a one of these tech difficulties that he had maybe a month or two ago where you know, Adam's frustrated. He's trying to get his Mark of the Unicorn device working. And whatever Dvorak was doing, he was either doing the recorder sounds or just like making comments. And Adam finally went, you know, you're not helping. And without missing a beat, Dvorak answered, I'm not trying to. (laughs) I was just like, okay, either this is going to disconnect and they're going to go at it or Adam's going to laugh. And he just laughed and the show went on his plan. But yeah. I thought that was just some great back and forth, which I think Sir Bemrose and I do a little bit, which is a, you know, a dynamic people seem to like the, the ribbing back and forth. You don't get that as much because you're doing it with Carolyn. Who's so nice. You can't be mean to her. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I am a smart ass and I appreciate, I appreciate, uh, you know, poking each other back and forth. I, I, I was raised that way. My family, that's the way we show affection is, we we joke around and we you know throw a little half ass insults at each other just just for fun you know we're nobody takes offense or anything like that or get too personal uh that's the way i like it i'm a smart ass but you're right carolyn's she's far too nice for that she is by far one of the funniest people i know i mean she's just she knows comedy and uh she knows what's funny 
and she can make me laugh. And I, I also enjoy that. And I think that's a good dynamic too, is just making people laugh, you know, not taking shit too seriously. There's enough serious shit going on. And, you know, I try to keep up with current events and we'll, we'll talk about current stories here and there, but I don't, I try not to get too serious about it. Sometimes I do, you know, it's just how it is. Sometimes you, you get a little too, too passionate about things and I got to stop and go, wait, I need to shut my mouth and say some jokes. Every now and then an opinion needs to come out. Something rubs you the wrong way. Know exactly how that is because there's just too many insane things going on where they need to be, they need to be called out. And you're going, why is nobody else calling this out? I mean, it seems well, obvious. Right, yeah. Well, I, I think some of that too is being a, a fan of Frank Zappa, uh, that he built a whole career on social commentary and pointing idiotic stuff out. There was a good quote by him where he's, he's giving a lecture in front of an audience, uh, in San Francisco, I think. And, uh, a girl stands up and asks a question or not a question. She delivers a statement. She says, I don't appreciate the way you talk about women in your lyrics. And uh, the audience didn't hear what she said, really. So he repeats it back. He said, a young lady in the audience just said she doesn't appreciate my treatment of women in lyrics and social commentary. And uh, he's like, well, you know, uh, there's no reason you should. He said, uh, women do stupid fucking things just like the guys do. And he says, if, if I say guys do something stupid, you know, don't be a wimp about it just because a girl does something stupid. Don't get offended just because you have that thing between your legs. There's no problem. And that's the end of his quote. And he's right. Like nobody should be safe from, uh, you know, their bullshit being called out. Like if you're doing stupid shit, you should expect to have somebody say, Hey, that's stupid. Well, yeah. Well that, again, this goes back to kind of the comedy thing. Nobody should be off limits. And that's really where you knew things were starting to go downhill, which was when, Oh, we can't say certain things and we can't say certain words. And, uh, I think I mentioned this group of people, this group of people is protected from hearing certain things, right? And the the way words are changing, it's very, very strange to me. What is now being, you know, what is now acceptable and what now isn't acceptable. It was, uh, what's the comedian's name from Saturday night live, Pete, Peter Davidson, Pete Davidson. I think he was at a concert, well, a concert doing his stand up thing. And it was a no phones allowed thing, which I fully appreciate because I think phones are ruining the experience of going to anything live, whether it's a music, you know, concert, whether it's a comedian up there, any kind of live art phones are ruining because people just want to hold them up and take pictures or videos and everything else they want to do. So this was a no phones gig. And of course, Pete Davidson, there's a lot of millennials, I guess, that think his comedy's funny. So millennials, I mean, do they follow rules? I mean, can they leave their phones away? No. And he started going off on them and just told them they were a bunch of fucking retards. And uh, and the funniest thing to me was the quote in the paper or whatever news site I was reading it on was the kid that they were talking to that was in the audience and he's like and then he just went crazy he called us a bunch of r word bitches so i'm like wait (laughs) bitches is okay for this kid to say but retarded (laughs) is now the r word i remember i remember when 
when just saying the word bitch, like, oh no, because we know you're, that's a derogatory term for a woman. You're referring to her as a female dog. You have no respect for women if you use the term bitch. Because it was in rap music everywhere, you know, bitch this, bitch that. But now that's okay. Now, now it's all right. Now retarded is, is the way to go. Right. It's the new bad word. How many, I mean, really, how many words do you have to get to when, I mean, because what if there's another R word? What if there's something besides retarded? Now, which one's the R word? You can't just say the R word. You won't know. Yeah. What if it's retracted? (laughs) You know, it's, it's. To me, it's crazy. I don't get it. But then again, I guess we're still logical people who go, you know, be able to say whatever you want. And if somebody wants to be offended, it's their right. That's something uh, Bembrose always points out, which is I have no control over whether you're going to be offended or not. So I don't know what's going to offend you. I can't run my life and what I'm going to say based upon what might offend you, because I don't know. Anything I say might offend you, so everybody should just stay quiet and never say anything ever again. Well, and you'd have to go around assuming you know what's going to offend other people, and everybody knows you shouldn't assume things. So That's, uh, what do they expect you to do? Really, you, you have the choice whether you get offended by something or not. That is your choice, whether to take the words you just heard and let them roll off your back like water on a duck or take it to heart and go oh that really hurt i'm so offended now and i better tell this guy type 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 <laughs> well yeah because it happens online quite a bit um i thought it was funny too a uh, a buddy of mine owns a restaurant up here in the chicago area and his daughter runs it and they are going to be featured on one of these little local shows here that's on like wgn or something called chicago's best and immediately after that was announced, she's like, people start trolling her on the Chicago's best message boards saying that she was mean. <laughs> and I'm just like, don't do people have nothing better to do that? I mean, the show hasn't even aired. So it's like somebody because there had been a couple of complaints on like Yelp that, you know, the woman at the counter was mean. And it's like, this is really all you have to do with your life is uh, like post crazy shit online. Uh, but again, everybody's offended by any little thing. How do you live? You well, can't. Well, too, with with people that are mean, just do the exact opposite. Kill them with kindness. Be overly nice to that person. That's what I usually do. If some if I'm a you know in a, a store and the clerk there is mean, like, eh, can I help you? What do you want? Get the fuck out of my face. Can't you see I'm trying to text? Just be, <laughs> you know, really nice. Hey. Maybe you can help me. You look like a smart person. Maybe you can help me find this item that I want to purchase. Oh, thanks. I hope you have a great day. You know, tell your manager that you really did a great job today. Thank you. And they're like, <laughs> did he just say that shit to me? I was purposefully not doing a great job. What the fuck is this guy's problem? He must be retarded. And they go on about their day. <laughs> they're just confused. The, well, I, there are, I've, I've worked retail. So, I mean, there are plenty of stories of both. Uh, workers and customers just being total tools my my favorite i think was when we had opened up the circuit city out here in the chicago area going way back into the late 80s i think this was maybe early 90s and i was working in the audio department i know that's a big stretch the at that point there was a girl working in the audio department i mean oh my god can you believe it a female working in the audio department and 
she knew her shit better than most. And one day a guy came in and asked a question and, you know, she came out, oh, can I help you? He's like, well, I'm sorry, little girl. I'd like to talk to one of the guys. <laughs> I was just like, holy crap. I can't believe that somebody would just flat out say that. Like, you know, it's not bad enough. Like maybe ask a question first and see if the question gets answered to your satisfaction, you know, to know the person you're talking to knows, but no, none didn't even give a chance. It was just uh and it wasn't like, hey, I was looking for this. No, I mean, the I'm sorry, little girl was the was really I'm just surprised she didn't kick him in the nuts. But I guess you can't just do that either. Oh, that no, be, that would be bad. I mean, that would be the grumpy old Ben solution to that problem. But <laughs> just kick again, him in the nuts. <laughs> if you got that problem, some people just deserve to be kicked in the nuts. Then maybe people would get along better. I mean, that's then worrying about who's going to be offended you know just be able to take care of your own problems take care of your own crap this you know all these red flag laws are crazy to me with the oh we're gonna have a marine's guns taken away because he said he would defend himself if he was attacked i mean how crazy is that um well i mean it too there's nothing wrong with being kind to somebody that's not being kind to you 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 can you can still be nice to somebody that's being a total dick because like myself, I would prefer somebody to be nice to me. So I'm going to be nice to them because hopefully if I put enough niceness out there, it'll come back to me. I don't have to be a dick to everybody I encounter. I could, I could be a fucking asshole all the time, all day, every day, but that's putting more stress on myself than I need. (laughs) It's a lot less stressful just to let shit go. Okay. So what? That bitch at the fucking grocery store just cut me off with her buggy and took the last goddamn thing of V8 juice. That's okay. I don't give a fuck. I'll just go buy, you know, (laughs) some tomato juice and put my own shit in it. No big deal. There's no reason just to get stressed and upset and show how much of an ass you can be to everybody. Now, of course, circumstances where will arise where you just can't help but be an ass. You know, you gotta, you gotta give it back to some people sometimes and just you know but you just don't know who you're dealing with and that's the i guess that is now the scary point because people are snapping quick oh i've got a comment on what gummy nerds in the troll room said he said have you tried growling (laughs) yes gummy nerds you you should all know that my voice carries very well and if i get excited and pissed off my voice shows it I can't hide it. There's no way around it. Once I start getting angry and pissed, people know it. (laughs) So yeah, uh, it's not called growling. I call it barking because that's, that's just what I do. I'll, I'll start barking at people, just saying cuss words and flying off the fucking handle. And that usually calms people down really quick because usually I can, I can speak louder than somebody else. Usually, usually my voice will carry over theirs. I was like, okay, if you want to get loud, I can get even louder, motherfucker. <laughs> it turns into a and contest. Usually, yeah. And I'm like, ah, ah. <laughs> well, again, you're in Texas, yeah. so everybody's carrying at least one pistol and there's a rifle in their truck, right? Usually, you know, <laughs> so you have one in your belt. Because you Side can open, on. can you open carry in Texas or is that still you have to get yeah. concealed? Oh, no. I mean, you can open carry for sure. We don't have that in Chicago, but yet we still have people shooting each other. I don't understand the laws, although, you know, I it's 
again, we go down this list of laws that have been made that are absolutely insane. And I uh, talked about something on a random thoughts podcast a few weeks, a couple of months ago, whatever it was when it came out. And I read this morning that the Supreme Court in Maryland came down the way I wanted them to, which is a surprise because Maryland. But let me <laughs> let me throw this case by you, because I thought this was an interesting thing. This was a 16 year old girl at the time who took a video of herself blowing a kid. She released Excellent. it and, you know, allegedly just to a couple of friends, but it got out and she was then arrested for and then convicted on child pornography laws. And people were came out. So there were obviously two sides of the of the camps. You know, the one side came out and was like, well, she's the victim here. You can't. You, the, the laws were never meant to prosecute the victim. And I, I came down on the other end, which is where the state of Maryland did today or yesterday, whenever this came down, which was you can't separate these two things because then you will have 15, 16 year old girls producing child porn where they can't be prosecuted, but anybody that's possessing it can be. That doesn't yeah. seem right. It's well, so she made the video though, and she's the one that sent it out. Yes. How is she the victim? Well, that Just was my because she's a female. <laughs> yes, I guess. You know, because she was underage, she was obviously the victim. That was, I think, the thinking was, you know, she was just a stupid kid, so she was the victim here, even though she was a victim of herself. When it comes down to it, so she's not. She's a victim. She's a stupid kid because she she does that. She's not smart enough to know she shouldn't release that kind of material to her friends because we all know that people are going to pass that shit around. Yet. Young people should still vote. We should right. still drop the voting age <laughs> to eight in Canada. They want to I mean, really, <laughs> I mean, I, I thought the people in the United States pushing for a voting age of 16, which is only changing it by two years. I thought that was a little bit nuts. But then we saw the Canadian thing where, you know, I, I ask myself, the people behind this kind of thing, are they serious? Do they really think that eight year olds? should be allowed to go into a voting booth and make policy for a country. Do they really believe that? <laughs> well, I can't think of an eight-year-old that has a, an opinion that matters to the real world. You know, sure, eight-year-olds know what their favorite color is. They have a favorite movie. But when, who goes to an eight-year-old and says, hey, kid, what do you think about this law that Nancy Pelosi just put out? <laughs> They're not going to fucking Nancy know. They only Pelosi. know what they're being. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why the teacher said I should think like this because that's what kids do. They, they think the way they're told that they're in school, their minds are susceptible to input of that nature. So I guess you've answered the question why the leftists want the voting age dropped down to eight, because who's going to make up those kids' minds? They're exactly. They're teachers. Can you only imagine the teachers? Well, now, kids, don't listen to your parents when they tell you who to vote for. Listen to me. I'll tell you what the deal is. Yeah. Your parents are nasty conservatives, aren't they? Yeah. Thanks, Bemrose. He's making brute comments about me in the chat room. And Carolyn's telling him that now he and her have to do a show. So that's going to be I'm, I'm going to line up for that one. You and I can just troll Bemrose. Oh, yeah. That wouldn't just be a waiting. bad idea. Yeah, it wouldn't be a bad idea. 
So no, how did how did Hog Story come about anyway? Did you just think why not, or was there a meaning or reason behind starting this thing up? Uh, I know you like somebody just the Hog Story name. Where did that come from? Uh, okay, so it, it just started with me and Carolyn having, um, you know, interesting phone conversations. I was like, shit, we should do a podcast because we got you know a good good back and forth. Um, so we started that, but it was, it was a rocky start as most things are. Cause I didn't know what the fuck I was doing, uh, or, you know, how to do any of that shit. So, uh, but the, at first we were going to call the show, uh, what the fuck were we going to call it? Hold on. I've got something to show you because <laughs> we couldn't think of a good name. <laughs> Where's but that's the video too long feed? of a name. And there's no video too long feed. of a name. <laughs> yeah. And it sounds like, uh, some game show or something off of NPR. So, uh, we used the hashtag, you know, for the initials of hold on, I've got something to show you. And Mike Mataloni on Twitter, uh, said hashtag hog story. Did I get that right? Because they kind of look <laughs> similar. And so I just said, Oh shit, we're stealing that. We're using it. That's the fucking name of the show now. Cause I just hog story. It just had a nice ring to it. We don't talk about pigs or swine or anything else on the show. Um, unless we're talking about barbecue, maybe. But well, everybody uh, likes barbecue. It just had a nice ring to it. And then it just keeps adding on. I don't know who came up with the in the smoker thing, um, but somebody did. And, and it all uh, just kind of fits yeah. together organically. It's it the organic podcast. Organically. Yeah, it's very much, very much audience participation there because we have the voicemails and we'll play any and all voicemails that come through. And um, I don't listen to them beforehand. Just. The first time I hear them is on the show along with everybody else. So I don't know what's coming and uh, it's great. And I like it that way. We, we had a uh, Kev bot on there, uh, leave us several drunk messages <laughs> and that was highly entertaining because it makes you feel good about yourself. Like, Oh shit. I thought I did stuff when I was drunk, <laughs> but this guy is, is giving everybody recorded proof and uh, it's, it's great. And if it wasn't my show, I would call in when I was drunk. But it's my show and I'm not going to do it that way. See, the voicemails are great because that's just like less content for you to provide. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I and I don't really do any planning. Everything's improv on the show. Uh, Carolyn does the the music, the intro and outro music. And I'm just, you know, hitting stuff on the sample board <laughs> while the music's going. And uh, I don't have any topics really pre-planned. I have a few notes of interesting things that might have happened through the week. But. Most of the time, it's just back and forth between me and Carolyn, and yeah, and then all the voicemails. Uh, we can't, we can't go without, uh, you know, not mentioning Buford T from Tennessee on PCP. Probably, uh, he he provides some excellent content for that show, and uh, that that's really funnier than some of the shit uh, I say is the stuff that Buford T says. According to Sir Bemrose, that is where the in the smoker came from was the first Buford T call. Maybe Bemrose knows a lot about the show. He should do a wiki page for Hog Story. Oh, maybe so. Yeah. It's all yeah, like. And Carolyn know. keeps actual notes. She has a notebook, a, a binder, if you will, of, of notes for, for her, her end of the show. I mean, I always do a lot of preparation for grumpy old Ben's and keep notes. But uh, Bemrose, I think he just wings it all. Well, I tried to, I tried doing notes and, and having like structured, uh, a structured format, but it just never, never worked, you know, because I, uh, of course I, I wouldn't know what Carolyn was bringing to the table. So I, uh, 
a lot of the times shit I was talking about or wanted to talk about would just go out the window because she brought something else up. So I just gave up on trying to keep it structured. There's the basic structure of starting the show with the music and ending the show with the music, uh, but and playing the voicemails toward the beginning, but everything else is just pew, up in the air. Pew, pew. I mean, one of the interesting things about the No Agenda show, if anybody wants to, if you've never gone to the No Agenda Notes page for an individual episode, the most interesting thing to me is there will always be a ton of notes and clips that weren't gotten to on that show. So it really is a, uh, there's preparation that's being done, but there's way more prepper, which is scary because I think if they actually did the full show and talked about everything that they had kind of prepared for the show, uh, the three hour would turn into more like a four or five, six hour show. And uh, yeah, that would be long. Oh yeah. Well, they did that one. Was it 1000 episode 1000? That was just uh seven and eight a half hours, hours or, or eight. Yeah, <laughs> man, well, there were a lot of donations and you got to read all the donations. Yeah. And, uh, but that is a, I mean, a long podcast. I don't have a problem doing the two to three hour podcasts. Uh, Bemrose has <laughs> Sir Bemrose. The most interesting thing to you on that page is the art credit. Well, it's only when it's my art credit or Mike Riley. I like his <laughs> yeah, stuff. Of course. Comic strip blogger. I'm still trying to catch up to Nick the Rat. I know I started a lot later than Nick, but we're we're slowly catching up to Nick. I don't even know if he knows how many artworks he's had shows, and I know it's over a hundred according to what I've heard, so yeah. we have a long way to go still. Which He's been doing it a while, and Nick is great at it. And he was, when you go back, because every time somebody signs up for the noagendaartgenerator.com, you get a number, because we're all just numbers. We're all just data. The yeah. And the number goes up by one every time there's a new artist that comes in. Nick is artist number 10. So he's been... Wow. He's been doing that longer than than most, and it was amazing to me. Not really amazing, because I get it. But most of those first nine submitted one and never were seen from again or heard from again so you know nick is definitely one of the longest running artists on the no agenda show the uh the, the I'm artist number 450 on there Woo! well you wish you were number 420 <laughs> close <laughs> enough <laughs> close enough for rock and roll i don't even know what artist number i am is it a lucky number let's see here let's hope it's, so i know you gotta you gotta do but it's an interesting concept and we do we need to set up a some way for people to get all of the great audio clips that are done for the show in one place where people can grab them. Cause I know I gave the link out for the, the full length of the Dvorak while my chair gently or Dvorak's chair gently squeaks. <laughs> and that was downloaded like over a hundred times. So people wanted that. Wow. And I think people dig well, the, the problem, parody songs. I can understand where Adam's coming from with not wanting to do that because people will take the stuff and use it for their own show and not That's give true. anybody credit for it. That's true. It would be a very easy way to have uh, all of the, all of the content, all of the things that make it unique. Cause there are some great jingles. I mean, what can you say about sir, Chris and, and sir Felix, yeah. uh, sir Felix is the best with the, with the audio that he yeah, made. And you could, you can just imagine that. Yeah. With all those uh, jingles from Chris Wilson, that, Oh, they'd be popping up everywhere if they were readily available uh, for, you know, download instead of having to go and try and clip it out of the show or, you know what I mean? 
and hope well, that no. nobody was talking over it. I mean, it was hard to get a good Dvorak chair squeak. <laughs> I believe that. I am artist 1092, so I, that sounds like a tax form to me, but. Uh, <laughs> well, we're going to have to start taxing that art. Hell yeah, since May 24th, 2017, so it, it's been a good run. 2017, wow, yeah. I started 2014. I don't. I closed the window. I don't remember what the exact date was. December, but, I think. November, December. But all this stuff that kind of has gr- uh, popped up, grown up around the No Agenda show between the the chat room, which is like, hey, I did an IRC chat way back in the day and it had been years before I, you know, between using that and discovering the No Agenda room. And it's amazing that the troll room that there's really almost 24 seven somebody in there and active chat going on, which is why there is a few. Uh, you notice there's a few that are probably just bots in there monitoring and you have to wonder who's really monitoring that chat room so closely because there's a lot of names in there that i've yeah. never seen speak exactly i was i was thinking the same thing too there are a lot of names in here that i i never see say anything anything at all gummy nerds all assures us he is not a bot but what else would a bot say yeah that's exactly what a bot would say uh-huh that is uh-huh that is uh-huh. raising more uh-huh. questions than uh, than it is giving answers and only a bot would call themselves something so delicious like gummy nerds <laughs> must appeal to humans. <laughs> is that where it came from between like the gummy candies and the nerds? Is there because the actual nerds are not made in gummy form, are they? Or is there such a thing as gummy I don't nerds? think so, but they, they should. They should I don't be. know where he came up with that name. Uh, probably just to appeal to humans. That's, that's all. <laughs> is- I've heard that humans love both gummies and nerds. I would agree. I would definitely agree. I would that. agree with that too. Yeah. We hope Void's having a fun time over in Japan. I mean, he wanted to take his yes. rig with. And I think George of the Mark and George show finally convinced him not to because he wanted to like take his rig. He's like, well, no, I, I was, he was planning on doing these, the pre shows on Sunday. And it's like, well, isn't that like two, three in the morning in Japan? <laughs> I mean, is that really what you want to be doing on your trip? Is is playing music and talking to the troll room when in the middle of the night like i don't know you're in japan yeah. have fun yeah get out there i mean that and he's is he by himself yes which is oh man to me that would be it would be one really maybe exhilarating but it would also be very scary to go into a country i know he has been studying japan a bit but i don't know exactly how proficient because i asked him the other day i'm like well how many people in japan speak or you know understand english and he's like you know not really not many of them speak he's like most of them can write and read a little bit of english but because of the way japanese is spoken that for people that speak native japanese speakers find it very hard to speak english so it's like wow that would be scary going into a country like that i don't know it would uh i I would have to really know my japanese before i went out on my own into a country like that well even even if i knew my japanese uh, just tokyo all the it's just a huge huge town and i mean i would i would still just for safety reasons want to (laughs) go with somebody just hanging out walking around he's the guy from the netherlands nobody's gonna mess with him yeah. Oh, you know, this guy is clearly, you know, <laughs> clearly not one of us. 
there was an article. I sent it over to Bemrose when I found it the other day. It was right. It must have been uh, right after Void left. There was an article in. Oh, I'm I'm thinking Forbes, but maybe not. There was it was an article though on how buying or how renting friends in Japan is a big thing. We you know, they were talking <laughs> about this girl that was you know in her mid twenties, and they're like, you know, no, she's not a prostitute, uh, but you know, it's it's like hire a friend that if you need somebody to hang out with for a few hours, you know, for parents having trouble connecting with their kids or something, you know, it's like all sorts of different <laughs> things. Hire a friend is a big business in Japan. I'm like, that wow. is weird. That you is- don't get the girlfriend experience. You get the friend zone experience. Exactly. And you probably get to pay a lot of money for the friend zone experience, but I thought avoid and I'm like, okay, this, I could see somebody traveling by themselves. If you just wanted somebody to, you know, take you around the city or something like that, or at least, I'm assuming you could find a friend that speaks your native language, you know, and Japan. So then you, you're Japanese, yeah. so you can have a, you know, a full-time kind of translator with you. But I just thought it was a very odd concept. And again, you talk about things culturally, you would never see anything like that here in the States. I don't think, I don't think you can hire anybody in the Chicago no. area to be, hang out with for a few hours, just to be your friend. I mean, I'm sure we got plenty of hookers and call girls, but I don't think we have the the friend experience. Well, and how do you know you can you can trust this friend? Uh, how how do you uh, you know? Is there a rating system for this company? Uh, and how do you know they're not run by? Oh, what's that? What's the name of that big gang in in Japan that's in the movies? Um, uh, the the Japanese gangsters, the guys with the tattoos all over themselves. Yeah, the the yakuza. Thank you, Oxcart. Yes. How do you know it's not some syndicate run by the the Yakuza to, um, you know, take the the gaijin, uh, whatever the Japanese word for white people is, the gringos? Could be. I mean, Void could be on the the dark web right now being auctioned off. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know. (laughs) We'll see him. We'll see him on one of these dark websites, you know. If anybody sees beautiful blue eyed Dutchman. (laughs) Right. If anybody sees Void Zero on one of those sites, please. Pay for him <laughs> and we will reimburse you. <laughs> yeah, please. We'll need right. him back. Void's like, I'm never letting you assholes do a show ever again. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> Sir Bemrose quickly closes the dark web browser window. Yeah, we know he knows how to get on the dark web. He says he's a coder. I don't believe him. We need to make him write an app for grumpy old Ben's because we've already admonished people. For downloading apps so i think we need an app that the concept would be they would download it and then the app would admonish them for downloading and installing the app yeah exactly that that's perfect it's and every mad. now and then every now and then it would it would pop up you know a notification berating you further well that's that is within sir bemrose's purview to berate you at any time that you would like anytime day or night and he, he does it for free you don't even have to pay for this here. You know, it's not like buying friends in Japan. This is absolutely that, entirely free. Entirely that reminds free. me of this app that uh, uh, Dwayne Johnson did called the Rock Clock, and it would wake you up with different uh, ringtones that were specially made uh, by the Rock or ones he picked out. There were some where he was singing to you, like you know, "Wake Up," <laughs> "Good Morning," uh, whatever he was singing, uh, that kind of stuff. But I, I could see the same thing for Sir Bemrose. Uh, 
it would you know wait have an alarm that goes off any random time just to tell you you know how <laughs> dumb you are for downloading this app and most uh, likely only it would it, go off between midnight and 5 a.m well and it would be the microphone would be constantly on so it'd be listening to you and uh it would come in and go well i'm gonna have to stop you right there and tell you that's bullshit hey i'd pay for that app 4.99 <laughs> sir bemrose <laughs> listens to you all the time and fact checks you 24 <laughs> 7 or the algorithm the algorithm that that uh is based off of his neural pattern that would be wild that would be wild. i'm down for that we need to make that happen Although I think that's just what these devices now from Amazon and Google might do, but they just don't have Bemrose on the other end. No, they don't. It's okay. Now, Car- Carolyn's saying there should be a hog story alarm clock, which is wake up air horn, air horn, air horn. I like that now it's just <laughs> saying air horn, air horn, air horn, rather than playing the air horn. <laughs> well, we did that for Progo because Progo said, I can't listen to hog story because you guys play that damned air horn. And, um, there were several episodes where I didn't play it at all because I knew it annoyed people. And that's why I started playing it in the first place is because it annoyed people. Wait, but then wait, I, wait. I realized it was maybe perhaps too annoying. So I stopped, I backed off and then we started it again. And then he said that, and I thought it would just be funny because Carolyn said it one time when, when I didn't have the air horn loaded onto uh, the soundboard, she read something and then she wanted the air horn. So she just said air horn, air horn, air horn. And kept reading what she was reading, but she said it in such a deadpan way, it was fucking hilarious. So I, I had her record it for me and send it to me so I could just stick that one on the on the soundboard. I just think it's genius that you did something to intentionally annoy people, but then when it annoyed them, you decided to stop. But you, you were getting what you wanted. Oh, true. But then I got what I wanted. And once you get what you want, it's not fun anymore. So oh, then I went back to not playing it. <laughs> now people are like, play the air horn. See, I don't know how Adam. And now I won't. All, right. With all those clip requests and stuff. It's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like the singer who had the one hit and they get so tired of playing it. that that's all everybody ever wants to hear. You know, that is. Oh, a, yeah. The, the one. Well, I don't I don't thing. understand. I don't, I don't know how uh, I don't know how Metallica still plays inner Sandman. I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I, you know, when you got high school bands having their own arrangements of Inner Sandman where the trumpets are just bang, 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 doing the melody and it's awful. If I, if I was that band, I would just stop playing this time to retire that song. <laughs> so when high school marching bands are doing your stuff, it's, it's, it's probably too mainstream. Is that the problem? Yeah. You, you've reached peak saturation with your music. And I wonder if Metallica got paid every time Mariano Rivera came in to save a game. They had to, because that's a public performance in uh, Yankee Stadium. So, yeah, they probably made some good money on that. Hopefully. Which Hopefully. is, I saw. Which is, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, that's just the crazy thing about all this music licensing stuff is that artists overall, I mean, everybody starts out with i just want to play music and have anybody hear me i mean that really is the first thought i think of anybody that picks up a guitar starts playing any instrument starts writing songs is you know what would be really cool is if anybody anywhere hears me i don't even care how and then success happens and it's like i want to keep people from playing my shit i don't get it yeah i don't get that either i i didn't understand the whole napster thing because 
if anything, being able to download a shitty version of the song made people seek out the actual album to get the high quality music from. Right. Which Napster which still had to go and buy. Right. Because Napster existed at the time where MP3s suck. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know, I know, I know I'm more of an audiophile and I'm crazy because I will really not even worry. There's things like concert recordings and stuff that I've wanted that if I can't find them in flack, you know, in a lossless version, I'll eventually grab the MP3. But there's a lot of things where I'm like, I want it, but I want the fully uncompressed thing. And I do realize at this point that the high quality MP3s sound pretty damn good, but I want them in the uncompressed format when Napster was around the bandwidth still wasn't there either. So downloading a song took a long time. It was almost real time. If you wanted to download and I remember back in the day, as we like to say in grumpy old bands, where if you were to download a whole album in crappy MP3 quality, it would take about an hour. And now I can download a complete album in full uncompressed goodness in like 30 seconds. So it's, uh, yeah, it is a lot. Well, you can't because you've still got to fight with your cable company. Yeah, to get oh, more no, bandwidth. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm paying uh, high speed broadband prices for dial up speed uh, here. But I, I, you know, it is what it is. It's a consequence of where I live. So I really can't complain too much because I chose to live out in the woods. Out in the woods. Well, Bemrose is out in the woods too, in a cabin. Although he has a wood stove. You have actually, yeah, but he's over on the, he's on the <laughs> left coast. So, you know, they, uh, he's close enough to Silicon Valley where that whole, that whole place over there is wired probably. Well, yeah, they're beaming it into you. They'll have, they'll have a 5g tower stuck into the forest over by Bemrose any day. Now they want to, oh, be able yeah. to monitor him. Every, every one out of every five trees in that redwood forest is probably a big 5g broadband tower. They'll put well. They'll put them in, and like a year later, all the trees will be dead, and they'll go. No, it's not the five G. No, no, it's not the five G. It's global warming. Clearly, <laughs> it's global warming, and all of this Sasquatch piss that is killing the trees. Hell yeah! I don't believe in global warming. I looked at the next for the whole month of September in the Chicago area. The forecast is well, I, and I understand this changes because as much as they want to tell us. They know what the climate and the temperatures are going to be in 10, 20, 30 years. They still can't get two days from now right. So I don't put a lot of faith into it, but going to the AccuWeather or Weather Underground, one of those sites that give you the full month coming up, I looked at September the other day, nothing over 76 degrees in the Chicago area where we are, and that's just nearly uncalled for. So it's not global warming anymore. It's climate change for a reason because they they don't know what the hell's going on and they know that no, it's a farce. And well, and if anything, the the climate is going toward a, a time period of cooling because of how the sun behaves. Even though everybody, most everybody anyway, ignores the sun. Yes, you know, uh, there's no way that could have any effect on the climate. It's man. It's us. <laughs> it's man. Like, give me a fucking break. We are a fart in the universal wind. There's nothing, nothing that we're doing compared to the sun that is affecting the planet more. I mean, so, but anyway, no, the, no I agree. I've I, done I watched that this YouTube. Well, <laughs> I watched this YouTube channel called suspicious observers and this guy monitors, uh, check it out. Spaceweathernews.com. 
uh, he he compiles all this data from the various satellites up in the sky that are looking at the sun and looking at the earth and our magnetic field and the satellites. So it, he compiles it and he offers a nice concise daily morning video and uh, really lets you know what's going on and how all of this space weather is really affecting the planet. Not, not the bullshit of cow cows farting and, uh, Amazon trees getting cut down, but the real shit that matters. The sun is 99.98% of all the mass in the solar system, but people have the audacity to say it's not affecting the earth, the climate on the earth. Well, Give because we break. don't control the sun. That's why, but I've done that rant and I think I've done that rant for a half hour or more <laughs> at a time where, and I've been doing it for like 10 or 15 years since all this stuff started because that was still back in the day when we regularly used the incandescent bulbs, you know, hundred waters, or God forbid those evil uh, halogen bulbs that were in a couple of these torch lamps that we had oh, in yeah. the house. And the, the halogen bulb things were like 300 Watts, but these things, if you've never had one of these halogen lamps, they are so damn hot that here in Chicago, it could get down to, it could be, 20 degrees outside and i if because i'm spending most of the day in the office here if i closed the door to the office and just ran that halogen lamp it would stay at like 76 degrees in the office no matter oh what. yeah and my thing was always uh, if you don't believe the sun has the most effect on the heat in the planet you take somebody's hand and you continuously move it closer to one of those bulbs until they go ow and you go, do you know why you said ow? <laughs> because that's where the heat's coming from. Your hand's the and planet. The, well, with the sun, it's not just heat. But there's the magnetic connection between the earth and the sun. And uh, charged particles from the sun are able to travel faster to the earth along this magnetic pathway than they would you know, normally propagating through space. So we have that effect, too, that... You know, we really don't even know what the fuck is doing because we just now started being able to study this magnetic connection. And it's really hard to study magnetism when you live on a giant magnet. And then <laughs> the giant magnet you live on is uh, connected to an even bigger magnet, which affects all the nine, ten other magnets in the solar system. So it's really hard to study magnetism and really get a good grasp on, on what's happening. But we're trying. I just want to know how the concept of global warming, climate change is talked about with the sun being ignored. I don't get that. It's the one thing, and I sucked when it came to science in high school. But one thing I do remember was if you're going to run an experiment that was going to have results that would mean anything, the one thing you had to make sure of was. You could control every variable and you cannot do that with the earth and the sun. You cannot control well, no. every variable. And you have to have a control subject. You have to have something that's not, not being affected by the experiment at all. Something that is totally neutral for you to base everything else off of. And you can't do that when you're sitting on a giant magnet. We'd so, have to go out of the solar system. And then if you go out of the solar system, where you're not affected by the the sun's magnetic field anymore, then you're in the grasp of the magnetic field from the galaxy, from the center of the galaxy. So 
you can't escape magnetism in the universe. No matter where you go, you got to go out of the universe. Can we at least try to jettison AOC out of the universe? (laughs) <laughs> no man i like her keep her around she is entertaining the she the, is funny. now the sad part is no the sad part is that people take her seriously yes that's the sad part and i see but, again this goes back to the kids voting right because i look at a and again i understand cranky old white guy even do a show called grumpy old bens but i look at her and i'm like you're just a kid i mean you shouldn't even be allowed to vote yeah what the hell are you doing in uh in Congress, because you don't even understand the basic concepts of what you're talking about. And I fully do believe she's a puppet of somebody giving her, feeding her the lines, telling her what to say. And that's fine. I mean, it's sad that this is what the government's well, yeah. come to, but. Well, if you look at her Instagram, um, I've noticed that the camera has moved a lot closer to her face. That way you can't see the cue cards that are out of frame because <laughs> I'm sure she's reading shit. Ever since that gaffe about her not knowing the three uh, three branches of government, the three chambers of government, as she calls it. Well, it's yeah, they've, interesting. They've tightened was, up on that. Yeah. Well, there was a story the other day that where she had been claiming to live for years, the people in the building are like, never seen her, never seen her boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know them. And of course, she's claims that, oh, no, they're lying. Everybody always lies when it's saying anything against AOC. But now she's got a a new address and when asked where that was the answer which i think is great i'm not telling anybody people are trying to kill me you think i'm going to give out my address like huh well maybe i mean i don't know i it's uh it's an interesting thing it's it really is where we're you, you look at 1984 i think almost everybody had to read 1984 at some point for uh, educational purposes in high school or junior high. I think maybe it was even when I read it. Although I'm not sure if that's still a thing because I'm guessing the people that are running the educational system now look at 1984 as, Oh shit, they know our playbook. And uh, maybe it's, maybe it's not read as much, but I, it's just one of those things we're reading it. I, it was one of those books that was weird enough when I read it, that it really had a pretty profound effect of like, you know, things could never be like this. And now you look back and go, how the hell did this happen? And uh, it's scary stuff. Well, yeah. Well, because it was meant to be a precautionary story. And then now it seems as if people took it as a, as a rule book. As we to should do this. What should fucking happen? <laughs> it's like, go also read Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals. We'll wait. It'll be fine. Don't worry. We, yeah. It is. It, well, it's propaganda 101. And we did a podcast about it a while ago and how people are much more likely to believe things if presented in an emotional state. So rather than you having facts and figures and being like Neil deGrasse Tyson facts and figures being very non-emotional about it saying, Hey, you know, this is a horrible thing, but you realize X, Y, Z amount of people get killed for doing X, Y, Z every year. And that's way worse than gun violence. That does not get into people's psyche as much as, we have to we have to save the children and then people all jump on board because of course we have to save the children and the 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 window gets pushed because the logic that starts getting used on all of this stuff is well fletcher even if we could save one kid wouldn't it be important and i hate to be rude but if it's just one kid probably not to change the yeah, lives of not. billions of people to save one Probably not. 
is maybe that's rude to say, but logic again. Well, that that there's something similar I've noticed. It's been in a few movies, and the most recent one I can think of is that horrible um, Batman versus Superman movie where Bruce Wayne says that uh, if if there's a 1% chance that Superman is the villain, we got to take that as an absolute certainty. <laughs> and I've heard that a similar thing. Well, if there's a 1%, 1 chance of this, then we've got to take it as fact, as 100% fact. No. No, nobody lives their actual life like that. Well, if there's a 1% chance of being struck by lightning, I better not fucking go outside. You're like, I don't think you know how statistics work. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was the, the lightning thing was the exact ample, exact example I used the other day because there were a bunch of people that were hit by lightning on a golf course during a PGA event. That's golf. Sir Bemrose. Not that tennis. is golf. Yeah, not tennis. Even yeah. though I would like to see tennis performed on a golf course. That would be more interesting. It might be. I mean, neither one of them is really what I would consider a spectator sport, but hey, everybody likes different things. <laughs> but the fact that you know people get hit by lightning, it's like, well, you're right. The only way to protect people from being hit by lightning is to keep them inside all the time. So people should never be allowed those the children that we're trying to protect who probably have a greater chance of getting hit by lightning than getting shot. In 99% of the areas in the United States, there's probably a higher percentage of kids going to get hit by lightning than shot. So you better keep your kids inside. It's the only thing that makes logical sense, right? Well, with the, the chance of getting hit by lightning, what if, uh, what if you ran around in a giant rubber suit, you know, hmm. would that so, help? Wait, so now you want kids to have to leave the house <laughs> head to toe in a rubber suit with a helmet. <laughs> yeah. With a helmet, with a helmet. Uh, I am some liking. people might, uh, some people might like that a little too much though. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Although I'm liking the John Fletcher, 2020 presidential promises that are being made. I, I think all kids in rubber suits and helmets up until <laughs> what age, like 30, um, cause kids are getting older now. I, and I say, Oh well, yeah. Well, well What's the age where they're no longer on their parents' insurance plan? 26? Yeah, that went up from like, it used to be what? Once you got through, you had to one, be in college, I think. If it originally was, it was 18, because that's when you're an adult, unless you're in college, and then that let it go to like 22 or 23. And now, even if you're not in college or anything, you're a kid until like 26, which, um, but let's crash the yeah. system. Well, yeah, yeah I know. Not? I mean, just. Sir Bemrose again fact checking the guy cannot stop fact checking me even when he's not on the podcast he says Darren O kids are getting older they do that well I don't mean that the kids are getting everybody gets older what I'm saying is you're now considered a kid at a greater age than you were a few years ago and I don't get that. I just really I just really appreciate the the free trolling service that Ryan Bemrose offers and he will. He, he will troll your podcast for free. He does it to mine, and he's on them. He does it to No Agenda. He does it to Hog Story. He does it to Nick the Rat. If you have a podcast well, yeah. and would like Sir Bemrose to troll you, just give him the address. Tell him where. He'll do it. He, if you're close enough, charge. he may come to your house and sit in the room and troll you while you're doing your podcast. You may have to give him beer and nachos. And if he starts up that trolling app, that would be great. Any random time, he's like, well, you know, I got to call bullshit on this one, Doris, or whoever has, has downloaded the app. Do people even name their kids Doris? I doubt it. 
I don't think so. My wife's grandmother was named Doris and she just passed away last year when she was 93, I think. So it's a name that hasn't been that current. Although kids no, did- now, now everybody's giving their kids weird, weird names. Moonbeam. And spelling them strange, you know. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> or, or like, a, you know, Ashlyn with, a, you know, all sorts of extra letters that really don't belong there. The L is silent. <laughs> it's Whenever. also invisible. Yeah. Well, again, because everybody wants to be unique and funny. And that's this whole Instagram world, which I think is starting to crash. Which gives me at least some uh, satisfaction and pleasure that the people maybe are finally realizing there was an Instagram. I don't even know why this stuff is showing up on mainstream news sites. And I guess maybe it just tells me I shouldn't be on mainstream news sites. But there was an Instagrammer who was called out on her photographs. This was a story just like yesterday, two days ago, that somebody noticed that over like a bunch of her photos in completely different locations at completely different times had the exact same cloud formation behind her. So she was, <laughs> she was totally changing the sky in all of the photos. And it's like all of this stuff on Instagram is bull crap. Even the stuff that's not necessarily edited in such fashion is everybody trying to make themselves look like something they're not. And I think everybody knows somebody that's on Facebook or Instagram that, you know, for everything in their normal day, nothing, they go on vacation somewhere. And for like a week and a half, they do nothing but post 30 times a day. And then they disappear until they go on vacation again. And it's turned into nothing but a bunch of static, a bunch of people just wanting to brag, trying to, you know, put their best, you know, fake foot forward. And I just don't get what the reason is i've never gotten the concept of instagram i got twitter you know you could send messages back and forth the photo thing i never really understood hmm well it's the uh it's the dopamine hit you know somebody liked it and i think instagram is taking away the likes which means a lot of these instagrammers are going to go away because they don't get that dopamine hit anymore oh yeah well i mean right and that's i think that's the whole reason i'm is is just for the likes look how popular i am i have all these people clicking like on a picture of my ass look how popular we are we have a podcast with over a hundred people listening right now and we do thank you for that as you as we take you up to the no agenda show in about oh well it's 30 well about 15 minutes or so wow we've been talking for that long i know (laughs) it's I, i guess that means we're either really uh, long-winded or were professional podcasters both <laughs> both you, you had like a dvorak thing to play didn't you uh sort of i mean we we pretty much went over the i can drill my own damn hole but we can also put it to a beat <laughs> like that they, they would have the equipment to drill the hole precisely drill the extra hole i can drill my own damn hole Duh. Duh. Pew wee. Air, air, air horn, air horn, air horn. Yeah, like that. <laughs> that is like the perfect post show mix. Just throw a little Buford T in there and you'd have it have it be perfect. Oh yeah, what I we still have, have to here do that. is I've a failure to, to communicate. <laughs> <laughs>
<clears throat> I got to clip some of those uh, Buford T voicemails. There's gold, gold in them there voicemails. And that's how we get the titles to the show on Hog Story also is by reading the Google transcription of the voicemail, which is most of the time wrong. Unless it's with uh, Dame Bemrose. She's very well-spoken. She enunciates her words very clearly and concisely. Yes. So the transcription is usually spot on. But when it's somebody like, for T, howdy, y'all. And uh, it, a lot of the time, the transcription is just blank because whoever, <laughs> if it was a machine or a person, they just gave up. Well, I um, think it's a machine. We, we find a lot of it. Be- well, then Dame Bemrose, the machine understands her because she speaks as though she's a machine. You would swear that you've called in service. It's like, if you would like to speak to a representative, please press one. And that the machine can completely understand that. I think Google, it has to be all automated, but I would bet you for the voicemails that have a problem where the automated system goes, I'm having a little bit of trouble here. That probably gets kicked to a real live person. Which I think a lot of the a lot of the ones in the hog story. I mean, every Buford T call has gone to a real live person, and I wonder how many it takes before they're like, "Just turn this four oh four three oh number off. Uh, we don't want anything more yeah. to do with uh, whatever this whatever these people are doing. Uh, just leave them on there. Leave them be. We don't want any." Oh, I, I wish I had some pulled up because there were some really good transcriptions. Uh, the few that the uh, Google actually did for Buford T, it didn't know what to make of what he was saying, so. It would, everything was off, but that lens for good show titles. Like the last show title was blame the cats. That one came from Dame Bemrose. Uh, there's just been a lot of strange, strange titles. And that's where we get them from is, is incorrect transcription from Google. So thanks Google. Uh, Hi, look, Nick, the rats in the troll room. (laughs) He's my favorite rat. (laughs) Mickey. Yeah. I used to do it when I say we were in Disney World. Well, the last few, when we'd be sitting on one of those, you know, hellish buses going from one place to the other, you would always notice every kid in the place would turn to look in your direction if you're just driving along in the bus. And you'd be like, hey, everybody. I'd be like, what? <laughs> I mean, the impression doesn't even have to be that good. It's like you, you get the looks. And, you know, if you can't screw with kids in Disney World, where can you screw with them, you know? Oh, hey, oh, Club 33. I didn't, I didn't say screwing kids in Disney World. Much different, <laughs> much different thing. Uh, but yeah, Nick the Rat. We didn't even talk about the Nick the Rat show. That's a, uh, people have asked, you know, how do you describe the Nick the Rat show? And it's like, don't have that much time. Don't really know. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a, it's just a great radio show. He deals with a lot of paranormal subjects and he delivers it in a, a humorous fashion and uh just he has voicemails too and he has zindu from oktar the dark There's, sewer network there are so many voices so many things it's all the voices in our heads and a lot of them are nick the rat do not yeah, trust the voices them. in your head and he has the stories from illuminatia on there and she she has great storytelling skills she's hilarious very much so. And you can call Nick the Rat anytime, day or night, 917-719-5923. Go ahead and do it right now. Give him a call. Tell him you heard it from us. And Nick occasionally answers, which is, which yeah, is a if, whole nother level. the phone level. lines are open. That's a, that's a whole nother level. Maybe if, I don't know, uh, Boyd didn't really mention if somebody else is doing this next Sunday. Uh, maybe if we're doing this next Sunday, we can open up the phone lines and 
and have an open line Sunday morning. I mean, that can't go wrong. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Maybe maybe we could get gummy nerds in here. I hear what his voice sounds like. No, so we can't get Sir Bemrose, though. His call will not connect for some reason. Oh, that's strange and, and unfortunate. But at least, you know, you're, the bandwidth has been good for the show. I've been fairly impressed with the way that we are, we are doing this. We figured out how to do a mix minus without buying a $650 device a la Void. So I'm oh, happy. Oh, yeah, well. <laughs> I'm happy about that. Because actually, we're both mix minusing because you're sending me back and I can hear the audio you're playing and you can hear the audio that we're playing on this end. So it's all, uh, it's one big happy it's family. And the voice over IP, I know that, uh, that Adam will yell at me. Because uh, he doesn't want to hear about doing the show on anything but Skype, but Zencaster's voice over IP has been very, very solid. Uh, every time Sir Bemrose yeah. and I have used it, very solid. Uh, we don't have the problems with the drift. Don't have a problem with disconnections. Uh, we, I don't think we've ever once had a disconnection. So I don't know what they're doing, and I know it kind of. Uh, this would also push in the direction of you know if you can't do it on Linux, well you can do this on Linux. Because as long as you have, well, at least one person can, but the voice over IP is working out of a browser, which I, I didn't expect it to work as well as it has. Um, but this, which is, it tells you as, as bloated and horrible as Skype has become, because it seems like every time I run updates, there's a Skype update like twice a week. Yeah. And it's a huge bloated program. And somehow these Zencaster people are doing voice over IP. That is just two idiots with a browser open, and it's very solid. So, just a suggestion. Well, the only thing I don't like about ZenCaster is the settings, and I can't because on Skype I can dictate the input and the output, but on ZenCaster I can only dictate an input. So, with Skype, I would have you run through one one set of channels, but I would have the rest of the audio from my computer going to another channel that way in theory you would be able to hear what i would play on my computer but with zencaster it's all one output so you wouldn't be able to hear what's being played on the computer because of the mix minus situation so that's the only difference and that's why i like skype better is because i can dictate multiple outputs that way on hog story carolyn would be able to hear anything i play from the computer like different different voicemails and stuff like that you can and, for some reason you can do that in chrome they have the choice although the settings can be a little bit weird in zencaster but if you go to just the sound settings for your system you can still export the browser anywhere you want and that works which is how i'm kind of working yours out so you're coming out of firefox you're going into voice meter potato who is then routing the call into mix which is how everybody's hearing you on the stream so it can be done it just takes a little bit of extra work and it does take oh. the uh it takes the I'm potato also using an external well oh yeah i'm using an external mixer and not and not a voice meter i've tried using voice meter banana but i i'd have to buy some more stuff for multiple usb inputs that way because I, I just have a lot of analog gear you know the all the samples are <laughs> they're on a standalone device use old school. I, I have a i have a i have a keyboard i also use the keyboard for samples um that way i can change the pitch and speed of the various samples depending on where i hit hit them like you know what note i hit them on the keyboard 
So that's the only thing. That's why I like using um, uh, the Skype, Skype, the Skype, <laughs> because like, of uh, it's like the having Google. to use all my analog stuff. We like using the Skype, the Skype, the Google, product. the YouTubes. You know, nobody can get Sir Bemrose to actually download and install Skype. And he's worked for Microsoft, so that's that's all I'm saying. That's why we had to figure out Zencaster. Yeah. I, it was hard enough for me to be. He's like, what do you mean? I need Chrome. I'm like, well, no, it'll work in Firefox. <laughs> and uh, that was the only way to get him online to do a podcast. And I'm glad we did. And I hope everybody's been enjoying the Grumpy Old Ben show. GrumpyOldBens.com. My random thought yes. show. RandomThoughts.com. 50 episodes in. It's an amazing and, uh, and oh, scary nice. thing. <laughs> hog story how many what are you guys up to now like 40 uh almost uh next episode which is tomorrow night at 7 p.m central will, will be uh 39 nice so closing in I on think. 40 yeah you think? yeah what yeah yeah i don't know carolyn will fact check you if know. you're wrong <laughs> but check out Hog and story. if she won't net. if she won't sir bemrose will Somebody always will. There is no doubt about it. But this has been a lot of fun. I mean, we thought we were going to play a lot of music, and and we didn't play any. So I mean, we, we didn't work on a format. We did a lot of talking, but I, hopefully everybody found that to be entertaining. I've enjoyed doing this, and I'm thinking I just need to get rid of Bemrose now and add you to the. You know, you sound like a grumpy old guy. You could do grumpy old Ben's, right? I mean, oh yeah, but I'm I'm far from a dude named Ben. I'm the furthest <laughs> from a dude named Ben you could get. I, I, for one, enjoy listening to Ryan Bimrose when he speaks and calls bullshit on things. I, I enjoy his witty banter and yours as well. Y'all have a, a nice report back and forth. Uh, Sir Bemrose, so the would, see this. I'm not the only one fact checking you guys. I do love Ryan Bemrose. It's been a whole <laughs> lot of fun doing a show with him. And uh, hopefully we get to do many more. We've, we've, we got through show 24. So that's always a big hurdle on the no agenda stream, but uh, so let's, let's, I guess let's end this one with a song. We started with a song. We'll end with a song. Uh, do you want to kick this over to the boys? Do you have anything last words? What do you, what would you like to do here? Sir John Fletcher. I'll just say uh, in the morning to the trolls. Thanks for trolling. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. Check out hog story. Check out grumpy old Ben's random thoughts. Uh, enjoy no agenda. Happy birthday, Adam. Yes. Happy 55 coming up on Tuesday. Make a donation. Oh, here, I'll play this. Hello. My parents watch the mainstream media, and they don't give me anything for my amygdala. The only way I can learn anything is by listening to the No Agenda show. So please open up your wallets and send a donation to Vorak.org slash N-A. Please, it's for the children!